passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I was sick. I was really sick. We call it bipolar disorder. But it really describes two phenomena. One is depressive episodes and what we call manic episodes. He'd have these breakdowns, rage, uh, just the brain chemicals. We didn't know anything about it. You know, seeing someone with a mental disorder like that just melt down and just go, wow. I'm a fucking prisoner to my own fucking mind. It's the monthly post roundtable. John Pollock and Wei Ting with you, and what a, what a star-studded roundtable this is. This is the square table. We are joined live and in living color by the bipolar rock and roller Mor Ronaldo and director Harris Yasanovich, hey, the man behind bipolar rock and roller. Wait, am I supposed to do this? We'll talk with our hands. I'm going to tell you. I, I use my hands, brother. <laughs> he might slice your hand after this. <laughs> Wow, it's so good to see you guys. Yeah, man. likewise. Really, man. and congratulations, and, and you know, everything, nothing for nothing. Congratulations on what you guys have been able to do, and, and to me, shows again, just like many myself in this documentary, you guys didn't give up the fight, and look what you guys are doing now and making a living at it. That's fantastic. Bigger, better, stronger. Everyone's doing oh, great. Very yeah, cool, very cool. Yeah. Higher, faster. What? Um, you know, I don't even know where to start here because I felt very. Actually, we should introduce the, this the mentor. I introduced oh, Harris you, right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you name-checked, though, or did you say the director? Oh, did you just... I appreciate the love. I heard he okay. just said the director of Bipolar Rock and Roll before right. my bipolar took over, and I wanted to mess up with Way's instructions from before we went on the air. He says, please don't hit the table, and I he did. Is, did it, you get the name out? I absolutely got, yeah. got the name out off the top. You can go back, because I know you're going to be a patron after this, and you can listen. I am. And I'm go always back. a patron of the arts. If, I, if I'm putting chips down 10 years from now, All in. Harris is star. Is so much bigger than anyone else at this table. That's my prediction. That th this guy will be. I'll just remember that. Hey, this guy was in my condo once doing a round table with us. This is the coming out party, Harris. It really table, is. Bro. Table, what has this yeah. been like for you? I mean, Moro's had a spotlight on him his entire life, but for you, it, you know, going from behind the camera to now, people are speaking to you. You're up doing panels. I mean, what has the process been like for you? Yeah, you know. It's interesting because just like Morrow said, when he was four years old, he envisioned his career. I kind of envisioned it all happening. I just didn't envision that my best friend was going to have the most unique story I've ever come across in my life. So I always knew I wanted to tell stories. Um, it was just like I couldn't run from the story. My best friend had the best story I ever, I ever, I ever read about, I ever experienced. So... I was just really patient and, 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 and still just in a weird place. You know, I, I, I always knew it would happen. But again, seeing it come to life about my best friend, it's really unique. It's just really unique. I don't know if another, another film I make is going to be like this. Is it fair to say, Moro, if there isn't Harris, this, this doesn't get made? I don't know. Do you, exactly. Do, do I mean, you give I, up that kind of uh, right. control to anyone else but yeah, Harris? Maybe you guys, honestly, if it would have arose. But no, you're right. It had to be somebody who... I completely trusted, and it came about in a very organic, and uh, uh, there was just a connection from the beginning. When I came to the Fight Network, again, you guys always treated me with respect. Harris was uh, someone who I met who I realized had been watching me as a teenager calling Muay Thai on TSN, and then being a fan of Pride Fighting Championships. But no, you're right. I don't think it would have been made... Uh, in this fashion and with this much love because, you know, he's sitting right here and whatever. He, he's 15 years younger than me. He was an aspiring, just like you guys, getting in the business, doing everything at the Fight Network. And that was one of the good things about the Fight Network being a startup is that everybody had to do everything. You had to be able to, to 
to pull off whatever you could. Anything so, you came up with. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have to get it approved. Exactly. Right? Yeah, we so just, we did just it. And he did editing and shooting. And I knew he showed me a, a short film from his native Bosnia about a, a shoemaker post-war. And I said, oh, this is great. I mean, wow. A young guy, you have such a crew with you. That's amazing. He goes, no, no, I did this by myself. And I'm like, what? what? So... Right away, I knew he had a, an eye for storytelling, and we just proximity, as he has said in other interviews. Like we both live, as you guys know, I lived a hop, skip, and a jump from the fight network. He was living that was five it, minutes really. away, like we live, and we live closer than anybody closer else. So we ended up yeah. hanging out a lot more, and and I I just completely trusted him, and I admired his talent as well. And as you guys hopefully all already know, I'm I've been very blessed. You know, Frank Shamrock, Boss Rutten. Uh, Steven Espinosa, David Day. I could go on and on. So many people have helped me, and I want to pay it forward. So that's why I decided, you know what, if I'm going to trust anyone, why not let this guy do it? Was it a conscious decision to do a documentary from, from like, the moment you start first started shooting him, or were you just shooting footage of your friend? Like, At first it was, we were just hanging out, and he was doing his thing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I got I to... Gotta... I gotta film this guy. You wanted to it's show ama- his buddies. It is amazing. It was about, well, you saw it, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, yes. when I, well, I had, you know, I have friends in all walks of life, and I'd go back to my friends, and no one was like Moro. Yeah. Right. And I said, you gotta, you gotta, I gotta show you something. This guy I'm, I'm hanging out with is, and I'm sure he won't mind. Like, he's, you know, he's putting himself I'm out performing. there. To me, he's performing. I don't mind. And, and I'd show them these clips of, uh, on, I forget even what, I had like a Nikon, I forget what phone I had, like an yeah. old phone. Mm. And uh, and I would, I would film him and show my buddies and they're blown away. And then as we started hanging out more and more is when I started seeing a bit of that other side of him. Mm-hmm. And then he'd go off to the he'd go off to these shows. He'd do Strike Force events and come back. And I'm like, man, you just did this show and called this. I mean, and then people talk about it. He wouldn't make a mistake in, in the show. Like the guy, the, he would just. The performance was un- unlike anything you'd ever hear. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, yo, you know, pick me up. I'd pick him up from the airport. Go get him. And, and, and I'd, I'd, I'd feel, you know, just I'd start listening to him and how he felt. And, and then I'd put a, you know, I'd be like, okay, let's just put some music on. And he'd just start rapping. And, you know, Moro's, you know, it's, it's like, like we talk about in the film, it, it, there's a mixed state. You know, he's, yeah. he's all over. So I was being, I don't know if the right word, but, you know, I was being bombarded by it. And then the text messages, I was being bombarded, and and yet, I I loved him. I loved what he gave me, and, and it, it was, I was I, I was selfish. I wanted to keep it all to myself yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. But do you ever, what always you know struck me with, with you, Mora, was the fact that you were always to me an open book about everything. Mm-hmm. Like you, your level of trust in mm-hmm. people you just met. <laughs> Like, it's, it goes with Harris. Sure. I'm sure it was something, you know, it wasn't like you had to spend months and months and months. Right like, away. Yeah. Like, you it, were constantly yeah. inviting people over sure. after work. You were you were open about yeah. everything. Yeah. And I'm kind of, it took me back mm. just how you're this prominent figure and you were an open book to people regardless of how long you knew. Well, I, I'm glad you, you touched on that. And you're absolutely right, John. And people can say, oh, man, naivete or, you know, what are you doing, dude? Or, to me, it's, I guess, as, as insecure with who I am and on a daily basis because of whatever I am suffering from, the, the highs and the lows and, excuse me, never being satisfied. You, there's nobody who can treat me worse than I treat myself. So I... If I see good, and I'm a pretty good judge of character, and I've received so much emails already from like-minded individuals who just, empathy is the word. You pick up on emotion. You pick up on things. When I met you guys, man, I picked up right away. I knew what you had done to to get me to Toronto with the pro wrestling. No way. I mean, if you don't like Wei Ting, you've got issues, man. The guy's amazing. Harris, so I, what I'm saying is, yeah, I put myself out there, but I'm not an idiot. I I, I know... Who I can trust. And and John, with all due respect, you know what happens to people who, who betray my trust. Not you, but I don't want to name names, but there have been people who've come since you. You were the greatest producer I ever had worker. But don't don't mistake the kindness for weakness because I I will, you know, I will cut your balls off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's the slogan for the, the follow-up <laughs> or maybe for this, this podcast. No, but that's what I'm saying. I, I do. I want people to, to know I want people to feel comfortable. And this is something from throughout my life. 
people have always said, man, I can't believe how easy it is to open up to you. Well, because I'm, I'm open. And it's, I'm not trying to be, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? This is not self-aggrandizing or narcissistic or making myself God. I know there's millions and billions of us out there. But I know I'm very genuinely interested in human beings and the story and the different stories and what I can pick up from people. So that is why I'm so open and say, hey, I'm more Ronello. I suffer from bipolar disorder because... As we know, the documentary was made to smash stigma, and the reactions I get are, are priceless. From con, you know immediate connection to oh, I gotta get out of here. Uh, whoa, whoa, what is it really? You were in the loony bin. Uh, okay, bye bye. All right. So I'm I, I've been doing this my adult life, and so even though I trusted Harris to tell my story the way it was done, and I don't th- obviously bipolar rock and roller wouldn't have been made the way it was. I was I'm, I was going to become more and more open with my conditions, regardless. I think that was necessary because yeah. you know a a sanitized version, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's the uncomfortable parts of this documentary that are going to resonate with 100%, people. One hundred percent, and it has and it has connect with people, and it has. You're absolutely right, John. That's why it had to be made to be raw and flinching, uh, uncomfortable to watch. People say, "Man, it took such courage and bravery," but really, I mean, I. This is my life. I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I am okay not being okay because I know where I've been. I know where I continue to be. And because of people like yourselves and Harris and Frank and so many people, I got a support network. I fall every freaking day, guys. And he's always there. Frank's always there. Family's always there. I am hearing from so many people that have nobody. And I'm even now getting tweets. My brother lost his battle. My sister lost her battle. And I'm like, oh, wow, that, that to my core, to the essence of my soul. It, I'm like, who gives a f-, f what I do? Who cares how famous, how rich you are? We are human beings. We're a miracle to begin with. And we are losing people because they're made to feel ashamed because it's an invisible illness. I've lost so many friends to cancer. I know people who suffer from AIDS, kidney, I, the worst of the worst. I would, And at my lowest points, and I've said this, and it's not just for shock or it's not just for getting attention. I would trade my place with each and every one of them, you guys, at the lowest because I know you can't see it. I know I can't even at term, times come to terms with it. I'm a pretty strong guy. Imagine those who, who, who have been told you are weak, you're looking for attention, you're lazy, you're a loser, you're a bad actor. Well, I'll go and kill myself. Thank you very much. And watch the ripple effect of that. And I hear from people every day who have lost loved ones to something. We talk. We, talk. we, we are so fortunate we get paid to talk. Communicate. Talking is how we communicate. Talking, they say, is cheap. Well, talking, a lack of talking is killing people. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think it's such a blessing that, like, you had Harris in your life who was willing to, to put the time and effort into oh, did he ever this story. Um, but that, that struck me a lot too, Harris, because, like, you know the process of, you know, we, we've worked on many projects before, and there's times where you just feel, is this ever going to get done? And when Morrow moved to L.A., you had your out. Like, I put a lot <laughs> yeah. into this. This is my way to just, you know, move on with other projects. You have, you know, you have bills to pay. I think it's a real testament to the fact that you stuck with this for a lot longer than people just became aware of this documentary. This was years and years. And Tell them that this is your first chance, and I want to let these guys know. Sorry to interrupt, because these yeah. guys have been there since they want. Tell your, tell them, dude, what it took for you, because people don't get it. You're you're a young family guy. Please, I'm not going to say it for you, but tell well, your story. Well, like even just to cut you off, but like when you started the project, you you didn't have a family yet. Yeah, like you, cool. you were still yeah. single. Yeah. You're right. About you're very that. single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an, I had an, yeah, I was, I was, yeah. You know, someone once told me, you know, there's a time for everything and everything in its time. Mm. And I come from a background and a family that you know their impatience is rampant <laughs> and then our generation is really impatient but being with moral you learn you got to be patient <laughs> um and you know it's really hard to express myself because when you when you connect with someone you can't express why you connect with them mm-hmm. i mean I, I, it happened the first night we met i was traumatized the guy <laughs> got down in his underwear immediately 
you know, but what, but you know, like, we joke about it. No, but, but at the same time, like, what better way to let somebody, like, uh, truly yeah. guard down? Yeah, I don't understand why I, do, I just do it. It is, I know it's weird. I know it's strange. Hey, this is That's the first who I am. hilarious. Like, I, you're like, you're, I step, you step into Morrow's condo, and it's like, this is a judgment free zone. You can yeah, be man. whoever you want, because Thank this you, guy Wade. doesn't give a shit. I remember, I remember him telling me, take your shirt off, and I take my shirt off. I'm like, yeah, I'm here, I'm with you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, in this, awesome. I'm in this yeah, world. And we, we joked, right again, you said we joked about the situation room in this yeah. place. and The volcano made the its vol- way into the documentary. I mean, <laughs> I, I hope he right? that. I can't well, believe that. I hope know, he gets a side card out of it. We did our best, right? We did our best. But <laughs> <laughs> the volcano <laughs> did its side card. <laughs> John Paul, dude, this is why he's my man, Mr. Shamrock. This is why he's my man. Oh, dude, good song, man. But you're right. <laughs> See again, I can, I'm, uh, uh, forget this. You, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be professional, but this is why, guys. You, we are family here, bro. Yeah. This is this is why this conversation, this podcast. People say, "More, you always get back, and you got to get back to your story, dude." And I'm sorry, I keep rambling here, but I because I want so much love for everybody. These are people, man. This is why I connect. These yeah. are real people. So tell the whole experience, your story about what you went through, please. The suffering that you had to go through. Because there's a lot of suffering, bro. (laughs) A lot of suffering. Bills. Bills and just phone calls in the middle of the night. This was, it was really unique. I don't think another, I'm I'm working on other projects. They're not like as unique as this. The way people people came together, the what he's talking about, the family, the real, uh, you know, I always talk about community. And I felt like there was a lack of film community where I lived. And and yet, working on this project alone for so many years, I felt like when I started sharing it, this community started coming oh, together. Mm-hmm. When you truly believe in something, and then so, you see how, how much someone else believes in it, it, it changes your life, man. Like, you truly, you're like, holy, like, you believe in this as much as I do? But to go back, I mean... Yeah, I don't have to go on about it, but the reality was I... I, I he was working on a Fight Network's wage, which you guys know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working... I'm, I'm living... You're right, I didn't have a family at the time. I'm a young single guy in Toronto, truly living the dream, working in TV, you know, finishing my degree. And here I have this guy who I really want to film. So I just started filming him, just for fun. Because it was fun anyway. I was going to hang out with Moro anyway. Mm-hmm. He, would, he would play music, and I would, I would sit on the... Instead of... I, I, would, I used to sit and write... I just mm. used to write. He, his music would inspire, so I would just write. You know, stream of consciousness, just go on. And and then when I was when we were done, I would go home and continue writing. And some of these notes that I would go back to was like this. You know, no one would believe me. Twenty four seven. Like I would start writing these things like twenty four seven. Like he was twenty four seven. He wouldn't stop. No one would believe me. No one would believe me if I told them the experience I had with Moro. Yeah. So I thought, okay, what do I have to do? And I'm, I'm an aspiring filmmaker, but the challenge is my best friend has this story. What do, what do I do? What do I do? I, 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 I got to tell a story. I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. It, there might be a conflict of interest because I love him. He's my friend. People might think that, but no, there's only one person who can tell the story. Is the guy that has this access. Yeah, he was spending the most the time with me. That's what it was. It could have yeah. been honestly. I would have trusted this with both you guys. Yeah. I can say that honestly. But because of our, our, our connection and not only that, but just the amount of time we spent together... It just became where I wanted to do something anyway, so why not? This yeah. guy wants to. And I saw his talent. Like, I saw your talent. Yeah, we so have said, skills. I right? want to help can... him, too. This thing is, yeah, it's about, by you know, smashing stigma. But it's also about helping each other. This kid, mm-hmm. this is his first film. His first documentary is on Showtime. Yeah, I have an, but I have an amazing. Like he's but, very compelling, right? Well, <laughs> well Moro's been like that with all of us. Like I, yeah. I speak for all three of us, where like he's always been very helpful and yeah. encouraging. Like yeah. even doing pro wrestling, Noah, he like throw my name in there. Yeah. Of course, thanks, thanks yeah, to man. Of course. He never, he never, never forgot for about. Of course, he never forgot yeah. about who. So but it goes beyond. But you, you know what? That's sad that we even have to. Say. I agree. But what does that say about our society? What does it say about our industry? How cutthroat and how how egotistically driven it is? And oh no, that guy wants my job. Buddy, I'm Frank Shamrock again. These people, these legends that have infiltrated my my space and helped me so much. It, the law of abundance is is absolutely there. If you are driven like you are and we are, there is work there for us. We you guys created a work or created a job. So I appreciate it. Yes, I'm always going to be that person, and I'm still shocked to this day that people are like. I remember one very high ranking television executive said, "You know what I like about you more? You're not a TV prick." <laughs> what? What is that? But then, 
more I worked in television, I, I get it. And it's it's in, it's embarrassing how we all think we're so self-important. The only reason I guess I was put in the position I was and given the platforms is to do stuff like this. Like David Meltzer, who's helped me so long. And David, are you there, my man? Uh, I am here. <laughs> he, as you guys know, you've worked with the, with the, with the, the show Live Audio Wrestling for so many years with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been there since day one, you guys, since yep. I was 16 years old. And he's watched and, and, and reported and given me props and helped. And, and even this week, at, at, when the doc aired, and maybe I shouldn't say this because he correct, connected with me on DM, but it's, it's a positive thing. He's like, you know, you've had a legendary career, but, but I think this is what you're really going to be remembered for. I said, hey, man, I hope. Yeah. Because this is, I want to help people. Even when I was a kid, I was in school. Uh, I don't know why. And it reminds me of his nephew, Arion, and hopefully your son, Max, and all of us. I knew at a very young age we were all different. We we were all different yet all the same is what I mean. I, I grew up with with East Indian kids and Asian kids and, and even being Italian, knowing, you know, the minority, whatever the, the life was. But I remember in high school, or excuse me, elementary school, uh, we'd have hot dog day. And this is in the 70s, so 75 cents gets you a chocolate milk and a hot dog. And two months in a row, there was a kid who, who didn't get it. And I, it could have been for a variety of reasons. I don't know why. Maybe he just didn't want it. But it turned me and go, why is, he not, why is he not getting this? I went into <laughs> I stole change from my dad's pocket. I went to the teacher and I said, could you just, could we include him? And even she, like, and I, I thought it was normal, but I'm a nine-year-old kid with this empathy. And I now know why I've always had that tortured soul, because I do feel people's pain. There's, there's one scene in the documentary that I don't know why it just had this reaction to me of, you know, you have this camera on Morrow, and it's just like such an innocuous scene. He's lost his keys, yeah. and he's in the kitchen. And it was the one point in the movie where, like, I've seen yeah, you yeah, in your moods before, yeah, yeah. and I thought you were going to break this yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. you were just going to strike it. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just, you're right there, yeah. and it was just, it just shows you the the access you had and the comfort Moro had to be shown. Yeah. But just in moments of just, I would have lost my mind. Yeah. Like, if I'm just frustrated in that yeah. moment, yeah. and there's a camera on me. Well, his uh, favorite quote is, or in Frank's too, I get very, very angry, <laughs> as you guys remember. And that's the thing, like, everyone... All my life, Moro's such a sweetheart. Moro's a beautiful soul. He's such a kind man. He loves people. That's the dark. The dark, not, and everyone has it. The dark, but not I, if the printer doesn't well, work when you have a show in fifteen minutes. And or field goals. The, the copier. <laughs> but that's, kicked. that's yeah. the thing. It's like, and yes, we all have our issues. Like we have a private life for a reason. Yeah. But when it comes to mental health and the stigma. Mariah Carey now in People Magazine, DeMar DeRozan of the Raptors and Kevin Love, Logic, and so many hip-hop artists, as you guys know, too, where they, we're, 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 we're rapping about it, we're talking about it. No one is actually, other than I thought Ron Howard in A Beautiful Mind really captured what I thought mental, like the, the creative chaos of, of mental illness with schizophrenia with the, the, the you know, the John Nash, um, mm. the, the mathematician. I needed, I, we needed to show because that's what's, that's it, that's the only reason this works is yeah. you see me losing it. You see me in mania. You see me probably not making sense to you or, but at the time I'm God, I'm the greatest person in the world. I'm, or I want to die. I want to kill myself. And yes, it is uncomfortable, but that's why it works. And that's the only reason this thing works. And in those moments, like Moro, like I remember all those moments but he doesn't know the camera's rolling because mm-hmm. he's in his state. Oh, I do get in my state. That's for he's, sure. You know, I don't yes, care who's Moro, watching. The, the thing is that you know we 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 all know really well. Moro's been performing since he was sixteen years old. Yeah, since he was much younger. Much since he was a kid. Yeah. Um, by himself and growing into this 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 performer of of you know, at the top of the industry and. When we see him perform, we think, okay, you know, he's a performer. He's used to the camera on him. Mm-hmm. But because of the accent, because of the trust. He he um he let me in and I just happened to be there. When Moro goes into that state, if if you press a chord, he doesn't know, he doesn't care. But if he realizes, get that, you know, there's all there's yeah. many, many scenes oh, yeah. where he's like, What? Get that camera off me, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. He doesn't remember that we you know we're yeah. filming him. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't know, he doesn't care. He he has a show in an hour and, and <laughs> things are falling apart. Yeah. I mean we we censored a lot. I mean not this no, sorry, the huh? not you not the not right, the right word. I want it to be worse, is what he's trying to say. I, mean, I want it to be a lot worse. But Showtime wants to protect it. I get it. Really? Something I get we didn't it. show is, yeah. What's that? Well, he's he's oh, touching yeah. his arm right here. Yeah. Before before 
whenever Moro has a show, something happens. Mm-hmm. Whether he's on something, something's happening. Like his life, like he says, his career is bipolar. His life is bipolar. It's Mayweather McGregor, and he's got this serious arm, like infection oh in his arm. God, he thought it was bro. a spider bite. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what's no, going on. We're so going so to the hospital. The day of the, the day of the show, we're going to the to the, to the hospital, like the Vegas clinic, wow. to get him antibiotics. And what about the earache for? He has an Pacquiao ear infection. Mayweather, he has an ear infection. Here's this ear one infection. for the you doctor. You shot all this. We shot yeah, all the this. doctor. Oh. Las Vegas didn't want me to go on. Did, He's like, said, what you are you can't serious? go on TV. You're, you're this ridiculous. And you have to be in bed. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna go and call the paper. This is this is like so unique. Yeah. This happens wow. every show. Yeah. He had a toothache, toothache but it wasn't just a toothache. He had to remove his tooth. He was talking about like like it was it was a bad infection. It's this is all the time. So that wasn't the point. No, but that's it. Yeah, that's why yeah. we had a bigger story to tell. We had but a yeah, story. But there was a lot of issues. Well, I was going to ask you about that because I actually dug up the rough cut that you sent to us oh, yeah. back in March yeah. of 2015, wow. and, wow. Yeah. and I, I I watched it on the way here. Wow. Like I already really enjoyed that one. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I would say like for people who haven't seen it, I I think the project was already like 85, 90 yeah. percent of yeah. the way there. Yeah, yeah. I must have um, bugged hair so many times. That's about, amazing. When's yeah. this thing coming out? Yeah, yeah. Well, with my everybody. But see, that's the that's amazing thing and as you guys know and even me because I'm a movie nut and whatever I always like the behind the scenes of everything yeah. songs as you guys same with you we're all creatures we, we're creative people we want to learn and, and, and know what the, the greats are doing oh this took five years this took ten years this took oh, fuck just follow me around let's just do it let's yeah, get it out of the way but it still took as long as it so did so I wanted to ask you like, what did the, the, the following three years really add to the project with the addition of Showtime and even just I mean yeah. your career just grew yeah that's yeah. the other yeah. thing it blew yeah. up yeah. right did a few things yeah. Yeah. like one of the highlights of, of I guess the rough cut was you talking about calling New Japan on accident yes. being, <laughs> that was my biggest being thing. great achievement <laughs> because you brought, it brought you back to pro wrestling exactly. like, look at where you are now when it comes to wrestling yeah, yeah. you're right yeah. absolutely so, so the three years kind of really add to it, 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 it and it is that word, word again patience I, I just just like I knew in 2012 when I took more to the hospital in Toronto I knew that he would come back bigger and greater and, and, and I just knew this guy's too talented Not and he's a fighter he truly is a fighter yeah. and I thought okay well you know this guy's going to come back bigger and greater and when that when that rough cut was done it was the purpose of the rough cut was to show people like like Frank Shamrock like like Showtime, people that I wanted to show that were close tomorrow that also had the power to to start sharing this, to, to say, okay, who... And who, to show you could do it. Who's Everybody the, asked him, why Why do you doing this? Who yeah, well, they're wondering, you? who are you? What do you know, <laughs> I interviewed David Dinkins. It was kind of ridiculous. Like, when I went to interview some people, was I was by myself. There was no crew. You know, I'd have a camera, and then the audio kit, I'd, 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 I'd set up the light. I'd be building rapport. When you interviewed yeah, I'd be building rapport yeah. with you as I'm doing it. It's, it, yeah. it's a little strange, yeah. but... It, it just had to happen that way. It was just there was no money behind it. There was it was me, and I believed in it. And I, and 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 more than that, it was. I kind of thought this was the only way it could be done to get certain things out of people. Well, there's no crew. There's no. There, you're not. You're just with me. I'm. I, I care no about crew. this guy. There was no crew. You know, I care. And 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 so when show t- what happened was one that live rock, crew. Yeah, one life. Yeah. And you know what? It had to be. Otherwise, if there was a crew, it wouldn't have been what it is. It wouldn't have been. It would have been a production. And, had to be intimate. And yeah. then when when. When Showtime came on board, I showed them that uh, probably a little bit of a more of an updated version of that rough cut. Mm-hmm. And Brian da- Brian Daly, who's really responsible for a lot, and as well as Chris De Blasio, who who gave me the access to a lot of these shows to give me credentials as a, as a first time filmmaker unknown. Who are you? Mm-hmm. I'm not helping Showtime here. Um, you know, I could have taken this and distributed it elsewhere, yeah. no problem. But they gave me this access, which is really mm-hmm. really unique, and and I'm, I'm really I'm really grateful. But um, when I showed Brian Daly, he saw and he saw something in this, and he, he's connected to mental health issues in his family. And we thought, okay, there was the only thing that was really missing in the film was this this ending. You saw Axis, the, yes. the New Japan, yeah, New Japan, and um, and then WWE came on board, and we we started Ooh. talking about okay, the moral is growing. How do we how do we how do we conclude this thing? How do we what do we do with it? Because his life's not going to conclude. He's alive and he's well, and morals. Great, he's doing. He's gonna keep pushing. Um, and that was the challenge. And that was where Showtime came on board and said, "Look, we believe in you." Which is like for me, that gives me so much confidence. I paid them in uh, cryptocurrency <laughs> to say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John hey. Pollock is killing me here. I got to yeah. show that I've got some wit too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was up all night prepping. Yeah. 
And then they believed in this thing. They believed. I mean, they believed in Moro. And when I talk, when I talked to Frank and all others who who were in the team, we were like, well, the only people that should be a part of this truly are sh- like is Showtime. Mm-hmm. Showtime's the family. Showtime's who supported him. Showtime. And so let's go to Showtime. And when when they saw that rough cut, they're like, okay. Okay, what, what are the what do we have to conclude here? What do we have to do? And we started working on it. We reshot an interview, mm-hmm. in a master interview, mm-hmm. and that was really good, great because I had I had a crew, but they let me, Moro, and I sit there alone mm-hmm. for four hours four while hours. they were in a different room. Wow! And so we had that was to me the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, years after, I mean, so many years after having a relationship in filming and redoing an interview was really interesting. Yeah, because you had done a match. Yeah, we did the one here in Toronto. Yeah, and I was alone head. and it was, it was, yeah. It was By the way, yes, mom, I can regrow my own hair. Thanks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was bald enough. It's a thick plate. It looks thick. It's, you know, but, uh, smoking second moves. interview. Yeah, and, uh, and it was just like, wow, I mean, mm-hmm. again, a time for everything and everything and it's time and the right crew from Showtime when Brian put together That was all, a duplicate. We'll edit that out of the interview. I don't like duplicates. Yeah, he doesn't like duplicates. He hates duplicates. He, yeah. Something else that was uh, a lot of original. I just want to say, I just want one thing was 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 Brian put the right team together. Uh, he's a great man. You know, Malka Media came on board, and they we just connected. It was also a small crew. They didn't want to be invasive with Morrow. They brought one camera. Yeah. No audio. No. And light. honestly, one of the there was another person that sh- shot for a while, and I'm I'm be honest, I was a prick to him. I didn't like. It didn't yeah. feel natural. It mm-hmm. didn't feel good. It felt like a, a reality show. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're gonna shoot this. It, it was, was only. Yeah. It had to be someone again. I say yeah. this. Someone I knew and trusted and liked. Not no offense to him. He's an amazing editor. Actually, oh, he's, he's the major. We spent editor so much on time together, thing. and the kid, the yeah, guy's well, amazing. Mark, 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 Mark Cambria, and so we, we spent. He is incredible, time. but but again, if no offense to him, I just felt, what well, what are you doing holding that camera, looking at me, idiot? Like for, get. Lost. For a project like, this personal, it's just it it's can't, hard to, can't. Yeah. When, yeah. When you mentioned like like your trust, I'm curious if it was you know an evolutionary process for you. Like for so many years, yeah. this is your baby, and you know, yeah. as great as Showtime's been tomorrow, you're still giving, you're letting people in yeah. to help this. Yeah. I mean, that had to have been. Yeah. I think that would be difficult for anyone that sure. attached to a project. Sure, it was hard. I remember having a meeting with Moro and I and Lewis from Malka and, and Brian Daly. We sat there and, and I had my hard drive with my rough cut, with all my raw footage, with all the footage I collected over the years, with all the VHS cassettes I converted. And like hundreds, the, if not like thousands is, of hours of his time. You know, this is my like, time and this wild. is, and, and I, you know, I don't have, I mean, I don't, it's, it's I'm, not working. I don't have an agreement. No I have no, it says like, well, well, do you guys believe in this? Yes. And we gave it to what him. What happened to me was, I'm a, sorry about the duplicate buddy. <laughs> But when they believed in it as much as, like, when I saw the energy they had, and and, and it was like, holy, you're you're right there with me. Yeah. Mm. And you're, you're, you're allowing me to, like, maintain this, not, not creative control, but the structure was always there. Like, I, 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 I didn't show anyone a, a cut until... After we we worked on it for like fifteen days, we're fifteen days, and we we showed them the cut, and there were there were edits, but you know the structure was there. I chose every single audio clip from every single person. They were they gave me freedom, freedom. So I can't. They gave me a lot of freedom, and there was again, it's a family, man. Mm-hmm. We just no, it was unique. I, it was really unique. It was really unique. In broadcasting, it's unique. Uh, you know, you hear all these stories, of course, as I talked to earlier, where everyone's you know cutthroat and competitive, a lot of egos, and Showtime for whatever reason they have implemented the longest tenured relationship I've had in my professional career now in my 11th year, but all the on-air staff would go for dinner the night before an event and we're just talking families or sports or whatever, and we all support each other. Al Bernstein laughs at anything I say, funny or not, Polly, Brian Custer, David Dinkins, and, and everyone, we just, we want each other to succeed, and I know for a fact that's not the case everywhere, so very blessed in that regard. I wanted to ask you if you were involved with the process of casting the young Moro Ronaldo. Oh, oh wow. Child. No, we, we looked at some pictures and I said, boys. Have I done a paternity test? <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, you know, we got lucky. We just saw a kid that was like, wow, this this is perfect. What were those scenes like? Did you have to coach this kid to like you know, out Moro's story? We, we found the kid and, and Malka, we talked about it. Oh, so I, I, I was, a picture I was, of a five-year-old Moro right now. <laughs> a method actor. Yeah, I was, I was on the road and the crew took care of it. I wow. said, you know, let's, let's, it was really important that we had a pro, for those scenes, I recreated some certain scenes on my own. With, with um, the scenes of uh, when he was medically over-medicated, mm-hmm. the doctor and the blurriness and I, I played with it on my own. I did it on my own and I, I saw limitations. And so I said I wasn't. Um, I was on the road, uh, and, and I and they they're like we have to shoot it. 
a lot happened in the last three months. Mm -hmm. An incredible amount of work Mm -hmm. happened in the last three months. There was a period of time I couldn't be there. So we, um, you know, Mitch, who's our director of photography, who's incredibly um, talented cinematographer. Mm, a lot of young people involved. Yeah, in this, he, um, awesome. Mitch Huber, he's a really talented cinematographer. He had a, he had a great eye, and I said, look, just, for me, it was really important to have the visual, mm. because there's no audio, there's not, there's just the visual. We're looking at details, very close details. So it was a lot about how it was, it looked. Yes. And we had a great gaffer. We had a cinematographer, and... Um, and the kid was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was, when I saw, I was, I was, I was really <laughs> he did happy. Very well, I was man. really happy. Um, and I, I was happy that we had the time and the budget to do it. And thanks to, thanks to them and thanks to Showtime. Because it was, it was a quick turnaround. That may have been months. the first time budget has ever been mentioned. Amongst <laughs> us four here at this no, it was, it was yeah. a quick turnaround, right? And, and like the, the <laughs> cat, that? it was all very fast. <laughs> uh, as you saw, there's not many recreations. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, that was something that we talked about. That we thought, man, we we had these cartoon animations that I had an artist do. Mm. Moro as a kid doing that. Moro watching TV. Moro calling wrestling with a with a toilet paper tube. Uh, Moro doing being a DJ, and we wanted it stronger. And so we had a little bit of time and budget. We said, let's 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 shoot this, and and I I'm I'm really happy at how it turned out. The scenes in the basement when you were younger, did you just have a camera mounted? Because there were several <laughs> shots where you're just, it just no, seems that's, like... that's not in my place. The stuff yeah. where I'm with the p- potato box, yes. the box of chips, and then me and my long hair. That's my friend and one of the first mentor I had, Peter Cordalis, who actually uh, watched the, uh, the the documentary in Canada with my another good friend of mine from 20 plus years ago from the nightclub days, uh, Mike. Uh, but Peter Cordalis... I always I say a joke. The first, the only time I've filled out an application form for a broadcasting or DJ job was with Pete's Party Music when I was 17. And Peter Cordalis was, um, I mean, this guy's an amazing entrepreneur, man. He's 12 years older than me, but this guy was in a band. He had a recording studio in his basement, photography, Greek, right? Artist, just a polymath, like ridiculously intelligent, creative, and yet was my antithesis in terms of emotion, very even keeled, everything had, you know, he was a, he busted all conspiracy theories, like he was always a guy with logic and science instead of just feel, and and I always always thought that was a weird thing why we connected, because he was so gifted in so many ways, but he didn't really have the artistic uh, temperament, it seemed. Um, he introduced me to the Beatles. This guy had everything. He videoed. He had hundreds of thousands yeah. of VH test tapes filming everything. He was just like me. He was like my older version. I'm like, wow, I want to hang out with this guy. So the more, again, he would, because it's just like Harris, he thought, man, this guy's kind of funny. This is weird. This is strange. Let's set up a camera and tape Moro, like performing for his buddies. And it would get to a point where people after the clubs would say, hey, are you having a get together at Pizza? Is Moro going to be there? Can we come and hang out? Like, it would just be ridiculous. I got in my John Travolta, as you saw, the white and the. Um, so that's at Peter Cordellis's house, and he would just roll film, and it would be either. Normal, like, but I could see where I was manic at times, maybe even a little intoxicated at times, always, a lot of times under the influence of cannabis, which I, we can get to, and I always am because of my medication, but those, those were my place. He had those films and, and, and uh, Harris went and talked to him as well. So Pete, again, my entire life, you guys, it's so weird from 16 on is normal. Everything has been on film. I was big brother before there was such a thing. That's why he, when he went to my parents house to film them and I told him about these you know hey my life is on tape dude he's like yeah okay well we hear this all the time well how much can there be he went out of the bed turned out there's this plastic <laughs> thing and the the tapes you can talk about it if you it's want crazy. but it was the the holy grail so he had a, I've had wrestling my my broadcasting my performances my uh, free I used to what I used to do to freak people out I was always uh, my people would have jam nights with his band at this pub and of course, I was I'm minor. I wouldn't call it celebrity. I was just kind of well known because I was doing the wrestling, radio, whatever. I go, I'd be dressed up in my shirt and tie. This is a pub crowd. They're like rockers, and I'd be sitting there. This is the freaking nerdy dude over there, the corner. And people go, "Hey, Morrow, you want to come up?" And just I was like, "What is this guy gonna do?" Whatever. They would start riffing on a jam, and I would freestyle about everything I'm seeing in the pub to the point the night the the kitchen staff would come out. I'll never forget this one night. I was in the washroom right after doing it. And, of course, the walk-off, as you know. I would do my thing. I would get in my zone, blah, 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 blah. Open my eyes. Holy shit, what just happened? And walk away. Like nothing. Like Everyone's like, what the hell? We were in the washroom in this pub in Mission. And this biker dude, like, come up. And I thought, oh, shit, what's going on? You know, judging when you shouldn't. 
goes, um, can you write your name and the date down on this paper? I don't want to ever forget where I was. Wow. I was this night. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, dude, what was that? And I'm like, wow, what was that? So, but it's always, again, even from when I was, I've always had yeah. the way of impacting people Definitely. with either my energy, my words, whatever I'm doing. So that. Well, now you're doing it on a greater level yeah. with the documentary like this. And I mean, in those three years, you've acquired a brand new oh, audience with the professional wrestling. Incredible. And, and now for this documentary to come out at this time incredible. really is, is great timing. And that's timing is everything, Wayne. Yeah. And we picked May being May, uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, the fact that just, I mean, the relationship with WWE has never been strong as you guys know. And I mean, we're coming off, again, bringing up Dave Meltzer. The, the, is that the only show in history he's given two five-star matches to in WWE at least, right? And the NXT TakeOver New Orleans where it you you talk about timing you guys and I mean this began with I'm being in the hospital in Ontario to calling Canelo and, and Floyd the second biggest pay-per-view well Marl you're, you're gonna quickly forget about that because in 2017 AJ Styles John Cena at Royal Rumble Anthony Joshua Vladimir Klitschko 90,000 Wembley Stadium the greatest modern day heavyweight title fight mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor NXT TakeOver New Orleans with a six-man ladder match and Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, which uh, is the greatest storyline. I love all wrestling, as you know, sports entertainment, whatever we call it. The fact over a year in the making and and just, and and the love, that's the other thing about NXT, man, and I know we're getting off on tangent sure. here, why it's such a good fit for me, man. And so, and I love SmackDown. I love, I love WWE. It's been talked about. People heard the rumblings, you guys know too. Guys, I'm bipolar. I was calling boxing and MMA. I was on the road every freaking weekend for a week from uh, SmackDown Live on USA. You can ask Frank, you can ask Harris how many texts they received. It was killing me. I joked when they first uh, approached me to, to work for WWE, is this for NXT? Because that's uh, New Japan. I was doing New Japan Pro Wrestling. I did Pro Wrestling Noah. I'm a work freak. I like the holes. I like the stories in the ring. Yes, of course, the greatest quintessential pro wrestlers, Macho Man, Randy Savage, I get all of that, but I'm, I'm not a traffic dude, I don't want to shill this stuff, I know the TV, I know what Raw is, I know what SmackDown Live is, I, I get why their purpose is, but NXT is something else, and Triple H says it in the doc, Michael Cole, who people have no idea, and I have to say this right now, and I hope he hears this, because we text all the time, Michael Cole replaced Jim Ross, iconic voice, whatever. Michael Cole's had to deal with his fair share of critics like we all get our Twitter trolls and everything. If everyone listening right now realized what Michael Cole has to do on a weekly basis, not only for his three plus hours of live TV on Monday Night Raw and what that entails, but dealing with all of the announcers, his travel is his family his his other he's 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 the head of the the, the 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 announcers it is it is incredible that he does what he does every monday and i i i told him maybe never this public i wasn't a fan of michael cole when i first heard him whatever hey where's jim where what's going on and i thought well this guy's just he's not you know not as dynamic now i realize going holy shit how was he even able to do what he does and the fact that he has given me so much in terms of not only mentorship, but freedom and how he, he and Triple H fought. They fought to have Moro Ronaldo be Moro Ronaldo, the New Japan, the MMA, the boxing guys. WWE has its style and rightfully so. They, 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 they have their, their, their school as well. NXT is supposed to be a breeding ground for announcers. I, I am who I am and I'm sure I could change. I don't think I'd be as effective. So when I went to NXT and what this goes back to, when you get, and this is the first time in my life, and not to say that I care or, or need this or desire this, or it's, I'm paid to do my job, so you shouldn't, hey, why is nobody te- you know, telling me how good I am? Now, forget that. The entire NXT roster, one time or another, has sent me private messages, letting them know, not forget who I am, but wow, you took my match and made it this. And to have Johnny Gargano at the premiere in New York I mean, is there a better baby face in the business right now? or bet? And Tommaso Ciampa, what he's done. Adam Cole, like you guys, it, it, it's the entire roster. So for me, NXT is everything I love about the business. And I wish, I hope, I pray that that's where I stay the rest of my career. I would love to just, because it represents, it's a fight. These underdogs, these these kids who were stars on the Indies, all of a sudden, okay, well, let's see if you fit into this. And and we've seen hiccups and we've seen guys uh, take steps back. But 
watching a Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, 22 years of age, when he was on Tough Enough. Well, what was this cocky son of a bitch? What does he want? Velveteen Dream, what the hell is that in 2018? What a cheesy, weird gimmick. Buddy, he and this kid lives it 24-7. Hey, I, I, and I'm, I'm one of these guys, it doesn't matter. I was always calling you by your professional name. I know, I want to be cool. Hey, I know your name's Patrick. Hey, Patrick. He's no, hey, Dream, what's up? Hey, more like he, this kid is a, he lives his character. And that mm-hmm. to me shows the command. This guy gets it. This guy knows. But Alistair Black, who has been so open with his battles with mm-hmm. depression, like it's, it's, I thank Paul Levesque, Triple H, Michael Cole, Vince McMahon, everybody. Yes, this could have gone so many different ways. The dream turned into a nightmare quick because of my own health. For all the, the criticisms or whatever you guys want to say about WWE, man. They kept me under the umbrella and they have supported them. How big a step is this for them to do what they're doing? I I think that's a big part is that changes need to be made. Everywhere. And and anyway, we don't have to go into anymore. No, no, I appreciate that, John. Thank you. But it's it's, it's, uh, just, I can't believe through all the trials and tribulations of life that WWE supported this. Paramount Network, Bellator, MMA supported this. Showtime Championship Boxing supported this. I get people saying they're they're getting fired because they don't show up for work because they're in bed depressed. Every there, the cultural force. change. To Thank this. you. It has I, to be. That's why I felt one of the uh, the most important voices to have in a strange way was your father in this. My, and it just, Thank you. It's yeah, just so smart, there's a generation that just so smart. they haven't been exposed to this, yeah. and for for people to see this, it's really eye opening. I spoke to someone right after the screening who was uh, older than me, and it was just like it was a completely different look. Like just was he in a blue suit? Light blue suit? No. Okay, so there's a gentleman who came and he yeah, talked he to me. To me. I don't want to send him. Don't wanna... He came up to me. I've never had this happen and I'm so glad. And wait, hey, I was one of those stigma assholes. I want to look you in the eye right now and I want to say sorry. Yeah. And I, you've helped me with my wife. You've helped. Thank you. And I'm like, wow. Doesn't get much more powerful than that. It's one thing that. to read about this. It's another to see it. Yeah, and that's one. It. That's John, that's it. Right there and then. That's the only reason I agreed to do it because it's... Maybe maybe it has been done, and we haven't even seen it yet, but it had to be done at my level. If my notoriety, I hate the word celebrity, my, my profile, my success, I'm so blessed to have the platform. And I have to say this, if I would have lost my jobs with any of them, so be it. This is my, my, my path in life, and thank God they all supported it. Was it was it any concern of you showing anything? I guess within the documentary that you think might have affected, in particular, I suppose your medical marijuana. Uh, yeah, that was uh, I was surprised that that got shown, and I'm pleasantly surprised because again, the stigma of mental illness, stigma, cannabis stigma, pro wrestling stigma, yeah. stigma, 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 stigma smasher. And buddy. I've heard from people, stigma smasher, new superhero coming to Marvel universe very soon. That's where I'll retire <laughs> on the beach eventually. Yeah. Even though I'll give a lot of money to charity, don't worry. Um, I no, it's okay. I am. Um, it 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 had to be man they that's the thing bro you you people everywhere and erect like this not just mental health this is about people just the sharing enough to to help you live you don't have to people could say how dare you be exploited like that yeah i've had one guy right the one guy I hope you win an award for your acting. The one email I received. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I saw you look into the camera. You knew when you were on camera. Hey, yeah, maybe yeah. you've suffered before, but I hope you win an award. You're a, such an asshole for doing that. Like, how dare you mock really yeah. seriously ill people? Bring it on, asshole. Well, it makes you wonder what's going on in that group. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and that's the thing. For it, me, yeah. to, to just, for me, it's all about just, I, if I one, one, Larry Sweeney, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Larry Sweeney I know for people who are listening they probably know listening to this buddy I met him a few times in Ontario when the uh, they used, what was we, we, were was doing the, we were doing the yeah. show together when he, he passed exactly he was, UWA remember that UWA in Mississauga totally admitted to being bipolar I remember the last time I saw him um, when was the Wrestlemania when did he because I was still doing he, radio shows he was, uh, when did he pass now he, it's been a few years he passed 2011 my, okay so already oh wow. <sighs> And I don't know why he hits me the hardest, because I guess the, the fact that I did, in many ways, I let Larry Sweeney down. <sighs> but that, I, that, I was there, and you know, but I he told me, John. And in many ways, I did, like, what everyone maybe does. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I hope he gets help. Why didn't... I, I could have done... And I, and I know, I know, at the what, end of the day, we can... I guess, you're right. I, I could have stayed. I don't know. 
I, my attitude could have been better. Maybe I could have done more, but I just know what I need and what I get. And he wasn't getting dudes. So and I'm not trying to, and I apologize, Larry Sweeney's family, I'm bringing him up because what a talented man, what a creative man. And I saw the sickness manifest. I saw myself in him and he's just living. He's giving it all in Ontario in front of 200 people. The guy was an amazing, he should have been in W. He could be the next Bobby Heenan dude. Do you not agree? No, not, not, I completely agree. I think that especially um, with with where you see where the WWE has gone today, that right. I think he was a victim of circumstance oh, at a time so when stuff. it was just such a more narrow view yes. of what a national star Sure, sure, be. sure, sure. But and he I, had every talent in the yeah. world. But I think it's really unfair to pin that on yourself. I understand, like, and I appreciate Wayne. You're right. You, but, you were somebody who needed help at that time, too. Of course. So, but it's... Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that's the empathy thing again. And I guess this is weird. You, you, I remember my psychiatrist is in the doc, Dr. Peter Strauss, who, man, the first and only psychiatrist who literally in his own way saved my life, um, who, because so many psychiatrists, and I had at your doc, the premier on Sunday, I had a psychiatrist come up to me going, man, there's so many doctors and psychiatrists don't get this. They really just phone it in and it's weird. And, and so I had the same kind. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But this psychiatrist told me, he goes, just not only validating, but allowing me to be me. He actually said, and it's weird because in my own way, it's happened. But he goes, you're going to be on The Tonight Show one day. And this is back 15 years ago. And I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? There's no way. But I'm on my Tonight Show with you guys, with Rich. Like, being on that, like... I, I can't believe where we've got a huge gone, guest on the couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, John- he was on with Jimmy Fallon actually before he was with the Tonight Show, Frank Shamrock. So, but what I'm saying is like, in our own way, where we come from, this is what I want to people to know is is everyone says, oh, but you already knew what you wanted to do. You were so talented. You did your thing. No matter what it is in your life, if you simply want to be a whatever it is. Know that you have to share your pain and struggles. Otherwise, we are going to lose you. And it is totally unnecessary. And again, here's the shock all the time. I don't know how long I'm going to win my fight. I don't know. Doing this, being with friends, I have to keep my... And that's what I'm telling people. I have to keep fighting or I lose. I have to do WWE, Bellator boxing three weeks in a row. I have to keep active. My work is my therapy. Linus had the blanket. I have my headsets and microphone, which is the antithesis of most people because they say the public speaking after death is the, the next worst thing or, or putting yourself out there. I've said to, a joke to Harris, you guys see me in states of undress, which yeah. I apologize for the nausea that may have caused. I would stand naked right now in a camera if I knew I could save a life. I know it'd probably kill. It would ruin everybody's but life. Say, but you, you know what I'm saying. You saved my life. And that's, well... But, this but what, film wouldn't have happened without Moro finding, like... I forget how he asked me, but he found this box. I invited him over to my place. Oh, yeah. It's the first time over at my place. And he's found this, like, box hidden away. What's this? What's this? He's just trying to, starting to unpack it. <laughs> I'm going through his stuff without going his through permission. My stuff. Like, he's, you know, without his permission. I'm but... just getting some coffee ready or something. And Moro's off and doing his own thing. I'm like, what is he doing? And I think my, my mother like put this box. I just moved into this apartment. Mm-hmm. And he starts unpacking this box of these old films I've made as a kid. And then starts seeing this you know, valedictorian speech I made as a in high school. Like, the what are you doing? Why is this up there? Why aren't you? And he starts... Forcing me on it, like why aren't you well, believing it in it? Why aren't it you way. believing in yourself? Why don't you put it out there? Why aren't you sharing? And I'm like, man, this, wow! And I started becoming empowered. I'm like, wow! And and it, and it really was a catalyst to a lot. Like I was hiding my art and my yeah, creativity yeah. Mm-hmm. because I was told also, like he saw talks about in the doc, it was it, his creativity was stifled a lot of the time. Not friends and people telling me, oh, it's a pipe dream. What do you what are you doing yeah. with these little silly films? Yeah. And it, thanks to him, and so, holy shit, I just made a movie about this guy. Like, it's it's, it's an amazing, again, it's really unique and really special because he helped this all came to life. Like, really. Those, those are the people to me that, that I've learned, especially, are the ones that I want to be around. There's yeah. Everyone's got the friends that ask, why would you do that? Yeah. And it's important to have the people that are, why not do that? Yeah. And I think th- there's not a plethora of those people well, around you. It's, it's weird that you say that, John. I, again blessed you're right normal everyday lives or not i am i'm only surrounded by those people buddy i got you have the greatest mixed martial artist in the history of the sport who was conor mcgregor before there was any conor mcgregor on your couch 
Voss Rutten, who was on one of the CBS hit sitcom. He came to America to be an actor in 1997, I believe yeah. he said. Uh, he was a badass, you know, fighter. He through connect sure Kevin James saw something, but he had to do it. He, he was on Kevin Can Wait seventeen plus episodes. I'm only surrounded with, and that's what I'm saying, John. You're right. I from now on, that's all I'm going to be surrounded with. I want the pluses. I want to be. It's funny. Even in the doc, they the doctor says, you know, it's there's a symptom delusions of grandeur where we think we're much more successful or talented or bigger than we are. I always joke to these guys, well, I'm I'm a god, right? I'm Jesus now. I'm helping everybody. Joke, joke. But dude, what, what's the, we're all, and whatever you believe, we are all within ourselves to be the greatest we can be. And and even when showing the clip during the doc where we think that, I'm on nationwide television as a kid saying, you're not as good as I am. It's a character, but the delusions of grandeur may be in there, but it's making my character more effective as a heel. And it is incredible, and it, it's touching, and it, man, this, this documentary has helped me so much. I love my music. I'm not a professional band, but I want, I want to share, I want to give, I've gotten so much better. And I can come up with lyrics. I can, and it's not, you know, again, you want to be this thing. No, I, I want to share it. I, want, I wanted to share even um, other aspects of my life that I thought people would go, oh, this is ridiculous. This is weird. But the fact that I can release and share now, and this is what I'm hearing people say, hey, when are you going to do release more of the music? Or, hey, you would have been the greatest heel manager in wrestling history. And I'm like, to me, even at 48, it's like, wow, that just, it, it, it validates. It just, so it makes me want to say even more to people and kids and, and all of what I'm hearing back. Please believe in what your gifts are and go. What's the worst that can happen? I think the keyboard version of End of the Line is what you should be coming out with your own vocals. <laughs> what about that? Yeah. And again, yeah. dude, I think there was, uh, Triple H sends me, he goes, uh, we're thinking of this as your entrance. And I thought it was a rib. I'm like, What? Nobody's got, and now, you know, Michael Cole, okay, they've been there a long time. He's like, well, no, no, seriously, we want it. And I'm like, so I listen to it. I'm like, holy shit, almost sound, you know, oh, God, my, I'm like, oh, wow. And, and yet they release, they do, but I'm like, it's so surreal to me that, but you're right, I got to work on that now. But it's like, the more success or the more the spotlight is on me, the more I'm only going, wow. I grew up on a dead end road. I am mentally ill. I am overweight. I've got graying hair that I try to color and keep myself looking young. What the fuck is this? If I, and it's true, it's trite, it's cliche. There's a kid listening right now or someone else. I'm a really good artist. I'm a really good singer. I'm a really good poet. I'm a really good baker. I'm a really good teacher. I want to do that. Do it. I think we'll wind down on that. Uh, it's been incredible to, uh-huh. to sit down with, with both of you. Uh, and I just want to thank both of you. Well, like, I know you guys you, have been man. all over the place. Uh, uh, Moro has done 2,000 interviews. Uh, yes. Well, and I, you know what? The manager and Frank Shamrock, as he is, you know, he doesn't know many people. He's like, I think you've done enough. Uh, you can probably blow this one off, Moro. Uh, Frank, this is John Pollock, who and Wei Ting, who were there for me at the beginning of my Toronto experience. With all due respect to everyone else who's ever worked with me, I've never had a better producer slash... People don't know this. When I took over the shows, whatever came and created shows with you, you're my producer. You don't have to be on air. I don't have to let anybody, right? You were producing the show. Mm-hmm. The guy shows his work ethic, his knowledge, his ethic. Hey, John, thirty halfway through the show, let's do an update. Fight news uh, stuff. I want you to do it. 90 seconds, two minutes. Just go for it. Oh, okay, boom. You got to do it. You got to. You were already doing the law. You were already doing a lot of shit. But what I'm saying is, I'm always wanting to help those who work hard and want to help me. And if that's that's why I'm here today, and I wanted to give you the the best version of this because you guys look how successful you guys. I want you to be more successful. What's that? We've reached the end of the line. Oh my god! Here we go, buddy. I'm not going to lie. I think this is a really good song. I think it's better than 90% of the themes out there right now. I actually put this on. I, got, I downloaded this on Spotify. I actually genuinely enjoy this song that a lot. That is awesome. Well, thank you, And guys. I can totally see your thank lyrics. You. Thank on, you, my friend, Wade. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thank you, John. It's been a lot of fun, Wade. guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Congrats, appreciate it. Let's get thank the you, situation room going legally next time. <laughs> and I'm going to get my Volcano the SAG card. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do we figure that one out? That's how awesome. do we buy next challenge? It's John Pollock. Frank's here's client. so strong. Um, I just want to thank each and every one of you, first of all, for coming here and uh, spending a part of your busy lives uh, with us. I hope uh, 
I hope each and every one of you got the message. This is not about me, truly. It is about someone who isn't supposed to be here and probably was told many times he's not supposed to be here. Just not out of hatred or spite, just out of ignorance and, and, and fear. And I know that each and every one of you here, whether you know it or not, is impacted by mental health issues. It is one of the leading causes of death around the world, depression. And in America, where I now make my living, although this will always be my home, one in five people will be directly impacted. And unfortunately, we have a long way to go. There is so much stigma still. I, I can count on my hands the amount of people, and predominantly men that I know, that have lost the battle. And since this documentary is now aired in the United States and here in Canada, my email inbox has been flooded with stories of so many people who lost loved ones because people were not there for them. They were unwilling to listen and just show empathy and understanding. I have been so blessed that not only do I have these people on this stage, but all of you obviously supporting me. And I just ask, I implore, I beg you, not one more. Men especially, I, I'm in the I'm in the biggest testosterone business there is. I'm surrounded by alpha males for a living. And we are all in a fight. But we are losing the battle because I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't suffer from cancer. I don't have to undergo chemotherapy. I'm not taking insulin for diabetes. But you see this face. You see someone who is suffering from a debilitating illness on a daily basis. And I may be right now the voice of the voiceless or just a face that represents millions. But the only reason I shared my story, because I want to smash stigma and I want to help save one life. Every one of us on a daily basis asks someone, how are you? It's rote, it's trite, it's do you even really mean it at times? And the answer, oh, not bad, I'm fine, okay. Let's, let's do me one favor, this is all I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna shut up. Ask someone you care about how, how they are and please just listen and really get the answer. You could be saving a life. Thank you all very much and God bless you again.